This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Hello and welcome to the Thanksgiving Hangover Edition of BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth, all back here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app, watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube, and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Jason Lockenfora helps us recover from said hangover and separates the contenders from the pretenders in a crowded AFC wildcard picture. So, what a fantastic weekend it was when it comes to favorites. Let's start with a tweet from Evan Abrams. Favorites, 12-3 and three straight up and against the spread in Week 12. First week with 12 or more favorites covering since Week 12 of 2017. And it is possible we could get up to 13, depending upon the outcome of Monday Night Football. But I suppose we will also look at the favorites who did not cover, because those games seem to be especially interesting. Joe, shall we eviscerate Lions stuff now? Should we wait for BetQL Court in about 40 minutes? Uh, what do we do with, with the Lions and, and uh, all these uh, incredible teams that maybe we were uh, taking in Survivor and they lost outright? And uh, maybe those games that we thought would go in a certain direction, but they were just a few exceptions. That feels so long ago. But yeah, I mean, right. Thanksgiving morning, I was just walking around. I'm like, lion stuff. This is the lion <laughs> stuff that we always talk about. <laughs> and, uh, and that division's wide open. And we're going to get a big answer tonight. I, the Vikings are in a nice position here. They're going to face the Lions stuff twice in the last three weeks. And, you know, here's a chance. To, now, if they lose to the Bears, which I think could happen, we'll break this this game down tonight. Um, I, I can't wait to do that. Uh, that's going to be interesting. But, yeah, it, in the uh, the Patriots ruined a lot of Survivor for people. Uh it, we're at the point in the season where there aren't a lot of options left and you're just searching and searching and searching. I, I'm in once. It's not like a circuit pool or anything like that. I had one spot left. I went with new England. That was a terrible pick. Hey. I, it, right before I'm like, I should probably go with Pittsburgh. It's my favorite play of the week. I should just go with Pittsburgh. I'm like, you know what? I'm not that upset about it because I was not winning that pool it is one where I was just picking 
my best option every single week. I used all the top teams, all those big point spreads that were available earlier in the week were all used up. So I was just like, oh, whatever. Uh, give me New England, and it did not work out. Tommy DeVito has won back-to-back weeks in this league. That's how messed up this league is. That was one of the favorites that did go that did not get home losing outright but um yeah favorites have just been uh been terrific and one thing guys that jumped out to me is the number the number matters so much and there's so much movement on game day if you go to buffalo philadelphia early in the week you're getting the hook if you're on buffalo and that was the difference Majority of the week, it lands on the number. You get a push. And then yesterday, I was very surprised to see that number get inside three. There was so much Buffalo money coming in that they decided to make that a two-and-a-half-point spread. Number matters big there. And then last night, too. Last night, I mean, much of the week, it was more than a field goal. So the Baltimore backers not feeling great. You're feeling okay at the end of the game because it's on the number. Like it's looking like a push, and then Zay Flowers, being a, a young player, he decides, you know what, I'm gonna go and score this touchdown. If he's, you know, a second, third year player, he's probably not doing that another year or so from now. Uh, so that Thanks, that Rick. is one. Even though the Ravens weren't great last night, strong on defense, I guess, but uh, Ravens mm-hmm. weren't great, but they end up covering the point spread. There's another favorite that wins and covers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Ravens' defense really good, but there's something about them. They just can't mm-hmm. put teams away. As for the Lions, I was on the Packers. Shocking, I was actually on a dog this season, and uh, I had put it on my Instagram, what I had said on the show prior to that game, and Kay Hilmers was like, oh, you just love to jinx your bets, don't you? Not a problem. Still won that bet, Kay Hilmer. So keep on talking trash to me <laughs> yeah, in the DMs. Step off. I welcome it. Uh, what am I yeah, using a lot of DMs? Was the Broncos? <laughs> what is up with this Broncos turnaround? I, I uh. the Broncos stuff makes me want to vomit. They start off terrible, but I think they might be legit now and starting to really turn this turn this around. So. Maybe it just so took a head. little longer, but I'm starting to that, buy that, in a little bit. That's Ed's lucky team. We do, we talked about it last week. Uh, what is yeah, was right. it just another bad quarterback, another injured quarterback, or like when are we going to buy in? It's five wins now. I I don't know, Joe. I don't know. Like I, it's, maybe I'm just going to be a perennial stay away for me. Like I can't do it anymore. Like I can't talk about them. I can't think about them. They make no <laughs> sense. Somehow they keep finding ways to win because of takeaways or facing a bad court. I don't know what it is, uh, but I know this much. Like I'm not going to place money one way or the other on the Broncos for the rest of the season in all likelihood. <laughs> I don't necessarily care what the model has to say. I don't care what my eyeballs are telling me I just don't know what's going on over there to where they can win because at some point the winning streak has to mean something right like it can't just be about luck and if I didn't have that feeling already we've gone beyond this cusp where I go you know what it's it's lasted too long now like three game winning Mm -hmm. streaks can be explained away I attempted a four game winning streak to explain that away And I made that mistake because now they've won five straight. I don't know what to do about them anymore. And it's fascinating to me that when we're talking about a team that had the worst defense known to man, that even though in many metrics, they're still not very good. It's not like they've made this massive turnaround. It's just, they're not historically bad anymore. Somehow Russell Wilson 
He's been okay. The rushing attack at times has been spectacular, but just every now and again, either Cortland Sutton has some ridiculous catch or there's some sort of massive high leverage play or some receiver we'd never heard of making some fantastic, you know, tiptoeing catch. I don't know what to make of them anymore. And it's, it's just probably something where I am afraid of them. Now I have bronchophobia <laughs> and, and I don't know. I, I would love to see this in the Oxford English dictionary at some point soon. It would be nice to have a word that I came up with in there. Like that would be a great yeah. legacy to leave, but I have bronchophobia right now. Uh, Russell Wilson yesterday, 134 passing yards in in the game in which they scored 29 points. He was third worst oh. in the week in completion percentage above expectation, third worst in the league, and they won 29 to 12. You know, sometimes I think there there are teams. I'm not saying it's the wrong approach, but I I think the majority of us take a look at turnovers, luck based, luck based, luck based, and once in a while you get teams that have that skill that are able to create turnovers. And, you know, they're Tomlin teams. Uh, the Bears under Lovey Smith, they were a team that would always, you know, the peanut punch. They would find a way to create turnovers. Is that is that what's happening right now? Or are the Browns playing stupid football yesterday? They had five fumbles. They end up losing three of them. Like, throughout this run, the turnover has been the big story uh, as far as the Broncos mm-hmm. turning things around uh, defensively. I, I don't know but, what it but is. Joe, here's but the also, thing, yeah. But, here's the thing though. It's like, they also got the Browns at just the right time, right? Like Dorian mm-hmm. Thompson Robinson suffers that concussion. Amari Car- um, Amari Cooper ruled out with ribs. I mean, we saw miles Garrett in a sling like, and Denzel Ward yes. already wasn't playing in that game. And Jordan Elliott has an ankle problem now. Like that's why I have Broncos phobia is that like, we look at this Browns defense as being phenomenal and they're losing guys right as they're playing Denver. Something yeah. is going on. I don't know if if Sean Payton's made a deal with the devil, but I would love an investigation into this, Joe. The yardage was pretty close yesterday. And so it, they just mm-hmm. might be one of those teams where you don't even want to look at some of those numbers. Because Sean Payton doesn't yeah. care if Russell Wilson throws for 50 yards in a game. As long as they find a way to keep it close and now he can trust his defense a little bit. We know he wants to run the ball. So, like, he doesn't care about mm-hmm. the box scores. He doesn't care about those numbers. And I think there are certain teams where you have to take that into account. Like, the, well, these coaches don't care about the numbers. They don't care at all. They just care about keeping it close. So maybe we shouldn't uh, shouldn't overrate that. But I thought, you know, Cleveland's a team where I've thought, oh, the quarterback doesn't matter. There are teams, like, where the defense is so strong. But you're right. Miles Garrett in a sling that's a bigger concern than what's going on in the quarterback because whichever quarterback they throw out, we know it's bad. We know whether it's DTR, whether it's Walker, whether it's going to be Flacco at some point, it's going to be bad no matter what. And there's probably not much of a difference uh, between all those guys. And if we want to stick in Denver's division for a moment, you know, we, we early in the week kind of had this feeling like, okay, it seems like people are backing Vegas. I don't know. I still like Vegas getting nine points and it looked really good early. And then uh, the, the chiefs learned how uh, to score the second half of the game. They weren't dropping balls all over the place. There's another game. The yardage was almost identical, but the difference yeah. being the chiefs were great in the red zone and, and they did what we asked lean on Pacheco a little bit uh, more. And he got into the end zone twice with his uh, 20 touches on the day. And, you know, Jacobs was terrific and he had 20 rushes. But, you know, in the end, it was uh, too much Chiefs in that second half, and they got the cover. 
And I loved how candid and real Antonio Pierce was after the game. He was like, you know, yeah. kind of like cute story. We were in it, but we knew eventually this is the Kansas City Chiefs. And like, they were yeah. going to put us away. <laughs> I mean, he was basically saying like, we just aren't built to beat this team yet. Uh, and he was very honest oh. about it. And I found it refreshing because it's like they did hang around. And I was like, oh, wow. And then you look at everything in the final box score. It's like, yeah that that wasn't even close Mm -hmm. definitely that's something Aaron where if you're the interim head coach you can get away with saying things like that if the interim moniker is taken off then I'm not so sure you're you're going to present it with that brutal honesty (laughs) like if he does get a head coaching job somewhere which look you know the attitude the swagger all those things it's like I'd love to see him have a legitimate opportunity maybe not right away but at some point in his Mm -hmm. career I'd love to see him have a chance regardless of you know whichever team is willing to, to pull the trigger there but I still though do appreciate that honesty but you know who the real star of that game was the real star for the Kansas City Chiefs and why they won that oh. game and they were able to cover that spread right because it is know. championship Pacheco. week guys Pacheco. oh got you it, it, it's it's championship week guys I might Mahomes. be incorrigible I understand that uh we're running out of names right like who didn't drop a pass like that's it let's uh, do the process of elimination Elsie right? there uh yeah yeah right uh Yes, Rasheed Rice, eight receptions, 107 yards, and a score 78 of those yards when he had at least three yards of separation. And this is something I think we've known about the Chiefs for some time now, is that, like, the scheme has always been really good. The play design hasn't waned in the slightest. Like, Andy Reid's still there, and, and you know, yeah, I get the whole Nagy thing. I understand that. But still, though, like, it's not like this offense has been putrid when it comes to the actual play design. Like, they still know what they're doing, and they still have Pat Mahomes. It's just that they're so bereft of talent at the wide receiver position that when somebody comes through, they are able to cover massive spreads, and that's exactly what Rasheed Rice is doing. Now, I understand that putting a lot of faith into a rookie receiver is a dangerous proposition, and that's exactly what the Chiefs will be relying upon if they are going to make a deep run to another Super Bowl title. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Desperate times call for desperate measures. And it worked this week, but it's also something where you go, all right, you win this round, but can you win the war? It's still going to be a big question mark, especially as the Ravens uh, knocked off the Chargers as we were talking about that game before, where it's like, okay, you look at the AFC picture, who's going to get this one seed? Somehow, the Ravens are still finding ways to win ball games, And yeah. even when you can criticize something that they did, like on Sunday night, where the Chargers defense actually played well, they still find a way to win, the Baltimore Ravens do. So it's like, okay, how are you supposed to have faith in the Chiefs that they are going to be the ones to come through when you do have a few other contenders in the AFC who are also impressing? If I could, the Chiefs play such a soft schedule moving forward. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't lose again. Like, it's just lining up very well for them right now that was another thing i noticed this morning just looking at the chief's schedule it's like whoo even if Mm -hmm. they're not playing their best football they've got a nice uh path right now it's amazing how different everything looks with kansas city when they're not just dropping the ball over the place whether it's a fumble or it's 
passes they should be catching. I think FVS did have find a way to have another drop. Like they they were missing a couple of receivers, and it didn't matter because those receivers have low booted. leverage drops. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. It's not yeah. a big deal. So yeah, they're going to be fine. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe Pittsburgh's the one because they, they they're not going to lose ever again. I guess. So they they finally outgain a team. <laughs> it finally happened. They needed to fire Matt Canada to outgain a team uh, over 400 yards. I mean, that was just uh, one of the things floating around last week that was just so startling. Like, we knew Matt Canada was bad, right? And they got all these mm-hmm. receivers. But they went that long without 400 yards. And then first game gone, he goes over 400 so it was uh, everybody was on Pittsburgh in that one, and that ends up being pretty comfortable at the end. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we continue our recap of Week 12, including the Bills and the Eagles. What a fantastic game that was. That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with Joe Ostrowski, Ed Egros, and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you, continuing our recap of Week 12. And guys, I figure we have to get to the Bills and the Eagles, right? Like, all the garbage that we had to endure in the early window to get to that phenomenal game. Figure now is the time to bring it up. And Joe, I want to start with a stat that I find absolutely mind-boggling. The Buffalo Bills are 6-6 six and six right now. Their point differential is plus 101, the second highest point differential in the AFC trailing only the Ravens. What are we supposed to make of the Bills at this point? Man, it's it's brutal. You can't blame the offense. We can't say the offense is broken. 
game two with Joe Brady, and they pour in 34 points, including overtime. They had over 500 yards most of the entire week, 505 yards, 505. <laughs> they did everything they could. I mean, Josh Allen was amazing. And any, anybody that wants to, to cite the 0-6 record in overtime games, shut the hell up. You're a moron. Was he playing defense? Jail. Did he give up 37 points yesterday? That man had nine rushes. He had 51 pass attempts. He was phenomenal. 420 yards of output just from him. Four total touchdowns. The problem is Jalen Hurts had five touchdowns. <laughs> That's a difference. Again, it's the Bills' defense. We trust this offense to be among the elites, right? We do. It looks like they're back on track. They exploited that secondary, that weak eagle secondary that they do have. But in the end, can't stop anybody. So many injuries just have piled up. Can't stop anybody. Like The list of teams that they beat yesterday with that performance, it's almost the entire league. And the problem is you were in Philadelphia facing this team that seems to find a way again and again. And that's why we talk about schedule. Schedule matters, right, Aaron? Sure does. My preseason Super Bowl pick, the Philadelphia Eagles are rolling. Let's oh, slow down. Let's, let's slow down on that. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. I mean, they were favored to win the game, right? Yes. Joking, yeah, though. if you took the hook or not, like all that fun stuff. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Like, do you think it's real? Like 10 and 1. We know they're not a 10 and 1. Team. Yeah. I mean, they are. I think it's real. But. Yeah, I think really? Eagles are approaching that territory where even if they're down, you still have to tune in. Like this is this is a team that I think is legit, and at times I think Jalen Hurts does look like an MVP. They have different. I mean, they've got a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. I think they're the best team in the NFL right now. They've been consistent, where there's been a lot of instability Ooh. in the AFC. They're consistently there. Aren't the Eagles dogs against the 49ers in the look ahead, if I'm not mistaken? Oh, I cannot wait for that game. Yes, they are. Oh, that would be exciting. No Keep doubt about doubting it. Philly. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't get think the record is phenomenal, them, but, but yeah. Yeah, like it's this weird like thing that I'm trying to strike or the needle I'm trying to put through where it's like, okay, I have to respect the record, no doubt about it, but like mm -hmm. they're not as impressive as last year. Like, I think you can pass on the Eagles. Like, and Jalen Hurts, I still don't know if he's entirely healthy. Like, he did some great things, and he has the shortest odds to win MVP at 2-1 to one right now per bet MGM. All of those things I'm fine with. Like, I won't dispute anything. I just go, boy, they've got the 49ers and their dogs. They have to play at Dallas. Like, there's still yeah. a path, and I think a reasonable one, Aaron, where – the Eagles could still not even win the division. Like that's still a, a real possibility here. And that's why like maybe they just accrue so many wins that the lead is just too big for anyone to play catch up. But then what's going to happen when they get to the playoffs? Like they almost look like a, a more vulnerable one seed than we've seen in the NFC in some time. Like am I mistaken there? 
Well, I think that's a good point. I'm, the AFC, we keep seeing shakeups all the time with who should be the one seed, you know, and mm-hmm. now even the Broncos are <laughs> making a push. The Jags, <laughs> but you look at the NFC and it's kind of been, it's been more stable and consistent, but you talk about, you know, the Eagles and the Niners and the Cowboys. I could see them tripping up and maybe we do start to see things shaking up at the top in the NFC, but at least they have built that lead. And again, I still stand by the fact that even if the Eagles are down against the Niners or the Cowboys, I still think they'll be in that game and they're not going to just have a complete dud, Joe. Well, look, I, I think we should probably give them a little bit more credit than than they're getting. I'm not saying on this show. I'm just saying around. Like, Hurts, he should be the MVP favorite with what he did. That is the most unstoppable play in football. <laughs> like, it's not even close. Maybe the most unstoppable play we've seen in sports, all of sports, in a very long time. Like they're they're at a goal-to-go spot. We know where it's going. Everybody in the building knows where it's going, and you can't stop it. Nobody can stop it. As far as the schedule and luck and all that, first eight weeks, I thought that was a legitimate conversation. Now it's time to probably stop having that conversation because it was wait, wait till they get to this tough part of the schedule. Just wait, just wait. Well, they beat Dallas. Oh, well, coming out of the bye, they got to go to Arrowhead, man. That's going to be tough. Well, they beat them. And then yesterday, oh, Bills, you know, things are not falling the Bills' way, but they still got Josh Allen. They they still can be an elite team from week to week. It, it depends which Bills team is going to show up. Like, they're going to be tough to contend with. Oh, look, you're, you're down double digits in the second half. They win that game yesterday. However they do it, they find a way. Like, Elliot, with the 59-yard field goal in those conditions, are you yeah. kidding me? Like, they just find ways. Like, maybe we should credit these teams that win these close games. That's a good coaching staff. They're, and that's a team that has two new coordinators and they've worked through the, that rough patch in the first half of the year. And here they sit 10 and one. So, I mean, I don't want to sit here and listen to people say, I told you so if San Francisco wins that game, because if they do, they're 10 and two big whoop, you know, they won three of four in a four game stretch. They win the first three. You know what? They're probably supposed to, because these last two games, they go seven for seven in the red zone against Kansas City and Buffalo. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's kind of crazy. We know the on-off yeah. splits with Lane Johnson when he's out. They didn't have Lane Johnson, and they still end up winning the game. Like, what, what they're accomplishing, man, it is. It's terrific. And then this schedule really lightens up in those last three games. So that's probably mm-hmm. why they're going to be that one seed. They get the Giants twice in Arizona once. Those Kelly Green uniforms are unstoppable, aren't they? Like those push pushes awesome. with the Kelly Greens, they, they're phenomenal. I, the I know, right? Well, so you, you have to have one now. Like if they're your Super Bowl picks, and you pretty much have to at this right? point. Like, how could you I'll not the, a, a, at this rate? <laughs> I'll try to get the jacket. I mean, I'm sure those are like 500 bucks. Those Kelly Green jackets, like Princess Diana had. Oh, the Princess Diana. Oh yeah. yeah, those are so it, it, nice. I don't think that would be a popular look here in Washington, but are those starter jackets? Is it a starter jacket? It kind of looked like it. Uh, Maybe. Well, well, yeah. God, I, I still, I'm I'm still torn about this whole bills thing. If we can circle back to that real fast, because Mm, you're absolutely right. Like what else are you supposed to say about Josh Allen? Like I'm full, I'm going full goodwill hunting on. I'm going, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And, And it really isn't like, 
Josh <laughs> Allen did not get this defense to play light boxes against DeAndre Swift. Like, we've mm-hmm. talked about him all season long, about how he is one of the big reasons why th- this Eagles offense has been just so dynamic. Like, even though there are only a few players you can point to as to why Philly is able to move the ball down the field, like, you still have to contain them. And it's not Josh Allen's fault that the Bills are employing light boxes. And then DeAndre Swift, you know, faced it on 13 of his 14 carries. 79 rushing yards, 39% success rate. A lot of that came in the second half when the Bills were leading, mind you. And then also, it's not Josh Allen's fault that the Bills had the ball with 20 seconds left and a timeout, and you only needed, what, 30 yards to get yourself in field goal position for the win at the end of regulation? That's mm-hmm. not Josh Allen's fault. You trust him in this spot, except the Bills coaching staff, apparently. Like, I'm at this point now where who do we feel more sorry for in terms of quarterbacks in the AFC? Josh Allen or Justin Herbert? And I'm really torn here because both (laughs) of them have been in really bad spots. So I'll ask you, like, Joe, who do you feel more sorry for between these two quarterbacks? Because both of them have all the talent in the world, and both of them are in miserable positions. So Herbert has worse coaching. Both have bad coaching. Herbert has more injury bad luck, at least this year. I, I... I actually feel worse for Josh Allen because this is all about the defense and his head coach is all, is also a moron. Yeah. <laughs> Man, her Allen's better. So I I feel worse for for Allen. Like he yeah, yeah. I'll I'll say I'll say Allen. And, and I think he seems to, nationally seems to get more criticism too. Like, oh, he can't oh, make definitely. it past a certain level. Yeah. I saw ESPN Josh Allen for six in overtime games it's like i know even if it's the default josh allen gets a lot of blame it's it just seems like in a national spotlight more people are focused on the bills and josh allen as opposed to like oh it's the chargers this is what they do bills (laughs) a minus 750 favorite to miss the playoffs this morning unbelievable i think it's a little too late I don't think they can turn this around. I mean, or it's a cool story with Joe year, Brady, but I don't know if they can. In They'd this probably, year, where yeah. it's congested in the AFC, right? Yeah. Like, there's so many teams vying for a spot. Like, the Texans lost yesterday to the Jaguars, and I don't think we've waned in terms of our enthusiasm for them. I think we've waned in terms of, say, the Browns. Like, they might be falling off because all these defensive injuries may start to add up over time. Not to mention, you know, quarterback is terrible, but it's incredible that the Bills at six and six with an incredibly high ceiling, we've we've run away from that. They're not bad. They're not bad, but they've lost to Zach Wilson. They lost a game to Mac Jones, who doesn't look like he should be anywhere near a football field at this point at at any level of football. So like, it's amazing. I don't think so. Bills can't lose. They're going on by now. They've got to sweep out. Casey, Dallas, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins. They're not going to sweep out, but that's probably what they have to do to make it, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, at this point, yeah. I mean, 11-6 and six will definitely get you in, but that schedule doesn't seem too easy to me, Aaron. 
Mm-mm. I know. That's the thing that I'm thinking. Even if Josh Allen and, you know, the offense has found its groove, I think if they dug themselves in too deep of a hole right now to climb out of it. So it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see ten what happens. Seed. But there are the 10. Definitely going to. I think dangerous yeah. in the playoffs if they can get in, but it's going to be yeah. difficult to get in. They could get Well, in. and that's just it, it though. Yeah. Like, do we trust too many teams in the AFC right now? Like, we're probably at the point where even without Mark Andrews, the Ravens still look phenomenal. Uh, the Chiefs, we know what Pat Mahomes can do. But outside of that, like, absolutely, I if think... the Bills somehow sneak their way in, they're scary. super scary. Yeah, very scary. An- another AFC team and quarterback who had some bad luck with head coaching, and I think they found their groove now is Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. I think they could mm. almost be dangerous, and this mm-hmm. is about the time last year where they started to get going, and that's another team I would watch out for. The AFC is exciting. It's wide open this year. Well, you know you know what's so fun, and we, we know this, but I feel like we need to remind everyone of this. So the conversation – changes completely if jake elliott misses a 59 yard field goal attempt in the end right to force overtime completely and then what's the conversation if the texans hit that 58 yard one that hit the crossbar at the very end of the game and we go to overtime and it's a coin flip we don't know what happens like it just changes everything and so you try to remind yourself of that like cj stroud Mm -hmm. they they had their, their struggles for a while but in the end he looked pretty good but yeah i mean the jaguars they probably should have scored more than 24. I mean, about 450 yards of offense uh, yesterday, 9.6 yards per attempt for Trevor Lawrence. So overall, they, they did deserve to win that game, but it ended up being really close in the end. And Ed, it, it finally happened. We were waiting early. We were getting frustrated early, but it feels like, okay, now there's that connection with Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley. It's about darn time, right? Like how often, I mean, it started out really well. Like what was it week one? And then like things Mm -hmm. were sputtering out of control, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's definitely something where the the Jaguars kind of knew coming in that, okay, our past defense is such to where we do have to score a lot and we do have to take some deep shots in order to make that work. And look, for the most part, they were able to do that. And especially with the play action game, that to me was most impressive. Like they're starting to add a couple of additional wrinkles this offense is. And if they're able to continue to do that, then yeah, they could get the one seed in the AFC. I don't expect much more than that, but I mean, they're in just as much a contention as anybody, right, Aaron? Yeah, they've got a, what, a two game cushion in their division now. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Indeed. Colts are in the playoffs right now. What is happening? God, I, yeah, I refuse to believe that's actually <laughs> real life. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, it's BetQL Court right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with Joe Ostrowski, Ed Egros, and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network.
Are you ready for the most interactive sports gambling show? Introducing BetQL Send It In with PJ Glasser. We want to hear from you. Send It In is about your picks, your trends, and your fades. Share your thoughts, predictions, and your best daily best bets with the Send It In community. Set your reminders, mark your calendars, and get ready to send it in on weekday afternoons at 1 Eastern on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. On your home for wagertainment, the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Something you want to get off your chest. Sir, you're out of order. Out of order. I show you out of order. BetQL Court is now in session on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Oye, oye, BetQL Court is now in session. The Honorable Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here presiding. I assume we're all putting Michael Felder in court, right? Because he didn't cater for us. Is that where we're going to start here? Just because no. of all, all the wonderful. All the he wonderful got me pumped dishes. up, man. He Thanksgiving morning before the games, before all the food, like he, he got me ready to roll. Like I, I was like psyched for Thanksgiving just after watching that video a bunch of times from him. Oh, I know. I like, watched it, was all it a on few repeat times as well. Loop. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. I love yep. It was great. <laughs> Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, Joe, who are you taking to court? All right, fine, I'll do it. They're making me. I don't even want to do this. I don't. And I was like, I got to do this again. But they're making me because it was just so out of pocket yesterday. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I'm like, somebody make this stop. The ego on Scott Hansen is just out of control. (laughs) Like somebody needs to rein this guy. Seven hours. The fire alarm bells are going off on the air. Like, you refuse to leave the studio because you're the great Scott Hansen. Everybody's watching Red Zone because you're Scott Hansen. He's just, it's out of control. He's quoting uh, Chinese proverbs. May you live to see interesting <laughs> times. Like, every five seconds he's saying that uh, yeah, the alarms are going off. Like, turn your damn mic off. We're here to watch the football. We don't need to, you throw it to game. The, the TV can do that from game to game. And people are saying that that's not even a Chinese proverb, which I, I'm not positive. I could not find a source on that one. So maybe maybe they are right that it was not a Chinese proverb. But How, you know, How's your Mandarin, Joe? Like, he was, are we translating this? He now? was really just, get out, dude, just, just go. We get it. The alarms are going off at NFL Network. Now leave the studio. You don't matter. 
but in his world, he matters so much. And then, you know, I got to stick with broadcasting for a minute because I was really mad last night. Not that he's great, but I was really mad that Chris Collinsworth decided to take the weekend off to, to spend time with his family. And I think I saw someone say it. I didn't see this because I tried to avoid all the pregame stuff. Someone was saying that Jack Collinsworth was working, but he took time off to be with his family like he always does for the Thanksgiving weekend game. Like, dude, there's not that many games in a year. And the amount of money that he makes, and the reason I'm mad is not because he's so great at his job. The reason I'm mad is because then we got stuck with Jason Garrett for three hours last night. I'm like, oh, my God, this is just terrible. Like, I don't want to mute the games, but they're making me mute the NFL. Like, we can do better than this. It's ridiculous. Take them out of court. I hate them all. God. Oh, man. So I noticed the Scott Hansen thing, but what stood out to me was he always does these, like, sweet brags where it was, like, uh, a fan, like, oh, thank you to Alaska yes. Airlines because I have such great <laughs> Wi-Fi to watch Scott Hansen. And Scott Hansen <laughs> always finds a way to get these tweets on the air. Shut up. Yep. You don't have to do this every single week. We get it. The self-promotion is unneeded at this point. Tom Brady told me that he watches Red Zone. Yeah, it's the NFL. Everybody watches the NFL. Great players watch the NFL. And we're forced to watch you. They took away Cisliano. Sorry. <laughs> we don't want to watch you, <laughs> well, and but they force us. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah, and it's it does have that feel like, okay, if it's just, okay, I watch Red Zone, that's cool. But somehow Scott Hansen's name me. has to be there as well. And that's the part I think is the difference. Like, it can't just be the program itself, you know, like other great programs. Like, hey, it's about the show. And, and you know, what's funny, too, is that, like, yeah. they do at the NFL have a backup crew out all the way on the East Coast. I think it's in New Jersey uh, where they have, like, some oh. of the New York studios. And so, like, if things fall apart in L.A., they can still have a show. Like, if Scott Hansen, uh, you know, is – on fire or something and is burned to where he is unable to complete the rest of the show. Yeah, exactly. Just wave our People. arms like, help, help. I'd say People put me asking, out, but we've got a... I'd say put me out, but it's the witching hour. You can't put water on me during the witching yeah. hour. Like, I don't know. He refused <laughs> to leave. Refused to leave. He'd right, rather he the alarm be blaring at everybody's homes across America than walk out of the studio. <laughs> It's just so he had an option. They had the option and he refused. He somebody refused. Like, nope, we've got to say with Scott. Like, oh, God. I'm, there are people who don't take fire alarms seriously. Like, yeah, I've done that, too. I'll be honest. Yeah. Like when when yeah, I worked I at the score at, at night, it would go off and be like, I'm not leaving the studio. I'm not. Like this again? Yeah. yeah. Let me know yeah. if it's real. Yeah. It depends. Yeah. yeah. Is our are we doing a test or what are we doing here? Like, come on. Right. Oh, you got to leave. Why? We're on the air. I can't right. leave. I can't. Sorry. But anyways. Yeah, that's, that's part of it. There's my uh, weekly. We've got some alarms that we need to ring uh, right here, right now, because we've got some breaking news, folks. Uh, the Panthers have fired head coach Frank Reich. Didn't even complete a full season. And for Ian Rappaport, he is one and done. Special teams coordinator uh, Chris Tabor is the interim coach addressing the team now. Jim Caldwell is <laughs> a special advisor working with the offense. Like, you don't even get to complete a full season. I suppose we saw the writing on the wall here, but good night. That quick, huh? Uh, yeah. Uh, they're, they're, not, they're fixed now. It was all Frank Reich. 
right? Had nothing to yeah. do with the talent level on that team. Uh, picking the wrong quarterback that you forced, David Tepper. So I guess those rep- reports were accurate yesterday that he walked out of the locker room and he was uh, screaming all sorts of obscenities uh, right after he walked out. You have to assume that that's true. Uh, so when did that go down? That goes down this morning, I guess. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Special teams coordinator for a long time in the league, Chris Tabor. He's taking over. Yeah, good luck. I don't know. Frank Wright. <laughs> yeah. Like for a long time, I, I think it was overstated about how good of a, an offensive mind he was due to uh, some of the connections he had around the league and with media and all that. Like a lot of media, media members like him. Uh, but like – ball don't lie right like we've seen what Frank Reich is over the last couple of years so yeah he's not what people thought he was but guess what nobody's stepping in with this situation with with that that quarterback right now with nothing around him and they're not going to start to win games it's just not going to happen so if he thinks it's going to light a fire fine he was going to fire him at the end of the season anyways I don't think it really matters right it's just an embarrassing Mm -hmm. day for Frank Reich Yeah, exactly. And what do they do moving forward? It'll be interesting because you've got to try to get some type of support for Bryce Young. I mean, it kind of reminds me of the Jags and Trevor Lawrence first season, just put in a bad position to succeed. Maybe you can get someone who can help develop him a little bit better, but they're just in a bad position all the way around. And I guess they're looking around the league and saying, oh, they fired this coordinator. This guy got fired. Maybe we'll get a boost too. I mean, they have nothing to lose at this point. And even with someone like Trevor Lawrence, like to have a completely different system and different voices and terminology and all that stuff, it took him half a season to not look abysmal. And at least we had some optimism and reasons for hope when it came to Trevor Lawrence. Like we look at Bryce Young and and you go, okay, it isn't just bad coaching here. It may also just be a quarterback who can't play. Like that is mm-hmm. a serious possibility. And so not only are the Panthers behind just in terms of talent, now they're behind in terms of coaching and whomever they bring in, even if they're really good at all of this stuff organizationally, it's still going to take some time to put all of this together. And so we can already look at 2024 and say, no matter who the head coach is going to be, even if it's someone we respect, it's going to take a while for them to sort of right the ship here, even in a bad division, even with all of the problems that everyone else is facing. Like, I think what's interesting about Frank Reich and Joe, I think he hit the nail on the head here is he does have a legacy. No doubt about it. He has done some very good things in his career, but what mm-hmm. you've done the last couple of seasons that sometimes matters a great deal more about predicting the future than what your legacy is. Like it's almost the Bill Belichick syndrome, right? Where, okay, he is, he created perhaps the greatest dynasty in NFL history, but what can he do with an average quarterback or a below average quarterback? And that's probably what he will be inheriting if he goes somewhere else. So to me, that's what happened with Frank Reich. Like he inherited a not so good situation and he did literally nothing with it except infight. And you're going to have to probably find somebody a little bit younger and a little bit greener to be able to handle what this organization is facing. I'm not saying it, it probably was not his call based on the reports that we've heard, but what we probably are going to remember under Frank Reich's watch this could go down as one of the worst trades in NFL history, like at least recent memory, right? You got the quarterback wrong. 
you traded away a legit number one receiver, and you were awful the following year. Maybe you end up with the worst record in the NFL, and somebody else gets that pick. Like, look at what happened. Look at look at how they impacted the Texans. We'll see how they impact the Bears moving forward. Just these these moves here at the top of the draft, the domino effect that you see across the league. A guy lost his job today because they took the wrong quarterback. And it sounded like Frank Reich wanted Stroud, right? That was all the reports that he wanted Stroud. And then the owner stepped in and right. he wanted Bryce right, Young. Right. Like, no, he he's our point guard. He's going to be the point guard. That's exactly what we need right now. Well, point guard of what? You don't have anybody <laughs> to dish the ball to. That's the problem. So is it the ownership or is it Tepper? I mean, it seems like you can't just put all the blame on Frank Reich. Like, where does the blame go or where is it deserved? Everybody? I mean, can it it be an equal opportunity bashing? Yeah. Starts with him. Like, he just just hired the man. So Mm -hmm. he's he's willing to spend money. There's no salary cap on coaching. So he's got to bring in a quality coach, but like it's more than coaching. They need, they did a halfway. They need to tear it all the way down now. You know, yes. Like you need assets, so you got to tear that defense up. What can you get for Brian Burns? What can you get for some of those other pieces, even younger pieces? It's, I, they might be learning over the next couple of years to get the quarterback wrong, and that that sets everything back five to ten years. No kidding. And you've already lost one year with your rookie quarterback, and that is humongous mm-hmm. in today's salary cap. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Jason Locke and Fora with his usual Monday appearance to let us know who the contenders and pretenders are in the NFL. That's right here on the BetQL Network.